The opinions expressed on the following sponsored program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of this station, its staff, management, or sponsors. It's Down to Business with Jack Miller. Forget what they teach you in school. This is real life. Not Wall Street, but Main Street. He and his guests will answer your questions and provide you with valuable information. Stay tuned and join in the conversation. Follow them on Facebook at Jack Miller Down to Business or on Twitter at HJackMiller1. When the earth was created, the word came down. Hello, everyone. This is Jack Miller. I'm here with my main man, Todd Cohen. How are you doing, Todd? Hi, Jack. Can I get a good fist to bump today? Oh, of course. Okay, good. Did you have a nice week? That's the germaphobe's handshake. I yeah, love I it. I know. Man. I know. You had a nice week? I had a great week. How about you? Much better than last week. Thank you. Good, good. Well, I'm really excited. We have James Arthur Ray on, who is a motivational speaker. He's an author, a self-help expert. They recently did a documentary on him called Enlighten Us. I, don't, I think it was like a combination of CNN Netflix deal yep. that I thought was fantastic. But let me ask you a question first before we get to James. And I need James' help because I'm 56. I'm going through a midlife crisis. I'm a total mess. Bring it. What do you think the most valuable commodity in the world is? I know that's a pretty big question. I, I, I have my go-to answer. It's time. I, I think it's 100% time. Time. Okay. Yeah. That's probably a good answer. Well, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking it's the female sexuality. Wow. Here's my theory on it, that wars are fought, businesses are run, males are so insecure about everything that most of what we do is to gain the affection and the favor of females. That's why guys work and make money or whatever it is. Everything is about sexuality. Okay. Well, how's my theory so far? You're, you're following so far into I'm it? following it. You're following it. Yes. My second theory is that women don't quite grasp that and they sometimes devalue themselves. Like sometimes. If a, sometimes. Like if gold is selling for a certain price and you buy it cheaper, it devalues it. And I think, to be candid with you, women have gotten, and I think it's a society we live in, have gotten into where they're devaluing their own worth of their body and their sexuality. Okay. And, I uh, and what do you mean by that? I mean they're giving up the goods for free, and they should be okay. holding out. And I think it comes down to... Their reputations. I think it comes down to dressing. I think society, to be candid with you, is too accepting of ch having children out of wedlock. Some of these, you know, these these stars, they're like 18, 19, 20, 21, and they, it's like they have kids like it's like it's nothing. And I don't think it's good for society. I don't think it's good for them. I don't think it's good for society. Okay, but is it is it our really is it our place or choice to? to critique and comment on what the females of our species decide and choose to do with their own self-worth, their own dress code, their own bodies, their own anything. I mean, we're getting into a very, very existential conversation now and political. Well, you're right, but I also have a message for men after. So, I, But I want to complete my message for females in the hopes that it changes a little bit, that I think that they need to value their bodies and their sexuality more. And what I mean by that is dress more conservative. I know I, 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 I host this show. I know I'm very immature, and I like to look at a little cleavage too. But really, they need to, I personally think, dress up a little bit more. I think women put themselves in compromising positions, like 
they have a few drinks, they go up to a guy's bedroom, then they say, oh, I, I didn't want anything to happen. Well, if you have a few drinks and you go up to a guy's bedroom, what do you think's gonna happen? You know it's not gonna be a good situation. So I think that the women need to sort of value themselves a little bit more. Look, I'm not saying that they should hold out till their virginity, till they get married or whatever. I'm not that you're naive. Not, you're not saying we should bring back chastity belts? Only if, uh, only if I'm the administrator of them, but no. <laughs> Jack, you're a father of three boys. And you don't you even know what? have a daughter. I, I, told my, I told girls who came to our house all the time this. They have the most valuable commodity in the world, and they're giving it away too easily. And I don't think it's good for, I don't think it's good for them. I don't think it's good for society. Uh, to be honest with you, I, put the, I think they put themselves in bad positions. I think they encourage guys, only know that they're not going to complete it. And I personally would prefer women of all ages. Even By the way, I have a lot of friends who are my age in their 50s. They're divorced. And they tell me, oh, you don't realize what goes on when a woman hits 40 or 50. It's, it's nothing. They're so easy, blah, blah, blah. It's not good for society. I think okay. they need to hold out a little bit more. Everyone is entitled to Listen, as they say... A Whatever. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't even want to go down that road. I don't think you like my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's all right. And I have a message for guys, too. My message for guys, too, is we live in this Me Too world where you don't have to be found guilty of anything. Somebody could accuse you of something, whether it's true or not true, and you get in all kinds of trouble. So guys have to be very careful. Don't, don't assume that you can take a girl up to your room drunk or whatever happens, assume she's going to not go with it and assume that she's going to be yelling bad things, whether it's true or not. There's too many people's lives, and I know I'm, I'm going to get in trouble from a you lot are. of women. You are. I don't know that you should go down this road. There's no, there's no good reason to have this conversation, I don't think. Well, in my I, opinion. I think women have to be more careful, and I guess the, the message to guys is, be more careful because you're going to put yourself in a bad situation if you're not prepared for the consequences. I think both sexes equally need to realize that, you know, you're playing for keeps in our world. You're and, right. And I think that alcohol creates problems for both sides of the equation. And I think, you know, everyone needs to be careful. But at the same time, we also need to lighten up sometimes as a society because I feel like we're a very litigious society. I feel like we're accusatory. I feel like... You know, we're losing our grip on the ability to have any fun. Now, granted, I don't think it's fun when people are, are being harassed or abused. But, you know, I think there is a fine line. And I don't know that any of us in society know how to walk it in any form. Well, it's changing. Let me ask you a question. You have, an, you, you have, to, you have a business meeting, and it happens to be with a female. At okay. A female. It, do you go out to dinner with her or not? By ourselves? Yes. I think I'm a big boy. I think I can do that. I absolutely would not. You never would do it? Nope. Wow. I hate to say it. I, I, everyone made up fun of Mike Pence. I go by the Mike Pence rules. I really don't want to be in that situation because it can only get me in trouble. Okay. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm really scared of it. I, I have to be honest with you. I am. And if I have to meet a, a woman in my office, I either make sure someone's there, leave the door open a little bit. Well, that's okay. I, I try I to no be careful. With, I have no problem with that, but... It's not like I'm going it's not like I'm inviting this potential business woman to my home to have like a private dinner. I would go somewhere public and sit in a table where, you know, everyone could see what's happening. I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not gonna take advantage of that situation. And I hope she wouldn't either. Okay, well I got that out of my system. Now 
Are, how excited <laughs> are you? That's out of my system. I'm cleared of all my sexuality talking and all that stuff for tonight. Uh, I, I don't know that you are, but okay. No, I'm not, but I, it was really bothering me because I, I know people are going through different things, and I feel bad for them, and I just wanted to get that out of my system. But I'm super excited because in a minute we're going to bring on James Arthur Ray. And you told me you just watched the... I did watch Enlighten Us, and I thought it was great. Uh, first of all, I love that industry. I think the motivational speaker industry, and, you know, obviously when you get to a certain level, it's a whole, you know, the, the Tony Robbinses of our world. Um, I mean, it's like they're, they're like rock stars. They get on the stage and, and put on these huge productions that cost millions of dollars to put together. And there's lights and music and TV screens and, you know, you have an audience with a lot of energy. It is like going to a concert. And, you know, they capture that a little bit in, the, in this documentary. And it must be unbelievable to, to rise to that level where you have a room on the edge of their seats, basically there, ready to pour their souls out to you so that you can help them. I do mean, we could get to that. Do you, like, read mo motivational books and are, like, are into motivational quotes? I am. I am. I am, too? I, I, I think it's great. I, I think uh, positivity is really important. I really do. I, I am too. They keep they keep me going. I actually have a friend who sent me like like a, an Excel file of like thousands of them organized by all these things, and I actually refer to them all the time. Right. I, I think they're I think they're great. I, I think they're good. I think you can send them out to your employees weekly or daily in the morning to get people pumped and and ready for the day. I think they really can serve a good role in in society if used correctly, uh, and tap into people's potential because. We have incredible potential as human beings. Well, you know what? That's what I think uh, James Arthur Ray is all about, the potential we have. You know what, everyone? Let's bear with us. We're going to go to commercial, I think, about a minute commercial, and then we're going to come back with the man himself, James Arthur Ray. Stick with us. We'll be right back, and I think you're going to be inspired by this guy. I know I am. I already am. Okay, let's go to commercial. Does your company need financing to help with cash flow or make a purchase? Gouch Financial Corporation has been in business since 1989 and knows the financing that businesses need to succeed in today's competitive environment. Gelt offers a wide array of programs such as accounts receivable, factoring, asset-based lines of credit, commercial real estate purchase and refinance financing, and bridge loans. If your business needs financing, call us right now at 561-221-0900 to learn if you qualify. Gelt Financial understands that every business is in a unique situation, which requires a unique solution. We pride ourselves on thinking outside the box to secure even the most difficult financing. Call us right now at 561-221-0900 or visit us at geltfinancial.com. That's G-E-L-T Financial. In times of change, the learners will inherit the earth. Leaders are not born, they're built. You decide to step up and lead your life and your business in a new direction, in a new way, to go after your own personal moonshot, your big idea, amazing things are going to happen for you here this week. Be a leader. You have to learn how to live healthfully as long as possible. You must learn to constantly reinvent yourself and adapt to a major disruptive and changing world. I've lost weight. You know, I left the job I didn't like, and this, this course has given me the courage to actually go do something that I love doing. The only competition you will ever have in life is the competition between your discipline and your undisciplined mind. 
This week has been one of the most inspirational weeks of my life. You need to be here. You need to be at one of these events. <laughs> Take care. Oh, hello everyone. Welcome back. I'm sorry, I apologize for the technical difficulty. Yeah. We have with us, I'm going to bring on in a second, James Arthur Ray. Uh, but first I want to introduce him for those who don't know him. He is a world-class motivation. I'm going to describe him as a world-class motivational speaker, self-help expert. He's an author. He's just, and I, they, I heard he had the nickname the rock star of personal transformation by the press. And he went through an unbelievable career that kind of was, I guess in the middle of it, a, a big tragedy where sadly people were killed in one of his, I don't want to say outings. Or retreats. Retreats. Um, unfortunately, he was incarcerated for a couple of years. And where a lot of guys would be, be crumbled with that, he's coming back stronger than ever. And I have a feeling that experience made him more powerful than ever. So with that, James, are you there? Uh, I don't know if he's there. I think we have some IT difficulties. I, I can hear you, Jack, but you're not in my headset. Uh, can you hear me okay? <laughs> we hear we you can great. hear you fine. I, I, hear you, I hear you like you're in the distance. Ah. My, my wife always says that. I'm in the distance. It's, <laughs> I, I wish I could she's probably glad of it, too, yeah, right? I, I wish I could tell you it's a mystique about myself, but it's not. James, I'm having a real hard time hearing you. It sounds like you're off in the distance. Maybe we got, we're not connected correctly or something i don't know I, I our it people are looking at it now let's try to bear with it while they try to fix the issue can you hear me james i can hear you if i if, yeah barely so it's uh, uh -oh. yeah again it sounds like you're okay um, well, well let's try to power through it since we have no like choice a, it sounds like you're on a speakerphone and you're two rooms away <laughs> I got but you. anyway, I'll do my best. So, James, uh, I tried to describe you. I don't know if you heard my description of you, um, but maybe why don't you give us, a, if I failed in the description of you, maybe give us a little bit about yourself, um, because I think you could probably describe yourself better than I did, and some of the trials. Well, I, you know, it, it's really hard for, for people uh, in the media or anywhere in the world to describe what it is that I do. And, and my PR team for years and years really fought the term motivational speaker. And, and I, I'm not real fond of that, but I, I'm kind of resigned to it is what it is. Um, I, I really see myself as a catalyst um, for, for ultimate performance. And I see myself as a leadership and performance advisor um, where that's the major area where I do my work. But nonetheless, are the things that I do motivational? Well, yeah, some would say that, and, and I would prefer to say hopefully they're inspirational because motivation comes from outside. Inspiration comes from inside, and, and what I really shoot to do and my prime objective is to help people find their, their one thing, their – powerful transforming purpose, what I call your PTP, uh, understand their values, understand their unique genius. And then when you get that kind of clarity, you don't need to be motivated by anything or anyone. You're inspired. And that comes from inside and, and you get up and you, and you get after it. So um, hopefully that helps answer your question if I heard it correctly. Right. I think you did. So you help people be really the best they can. I didn't hear what you said. I'm I'm sorry. We're still we still have a real bad connection here. He does, Jack. Okay. Yeah. He helps people be the best they can. Okay. So yeah. Well, become their best self, really. There you um, go. And and that's I think Jack. That's an important point. A really important point. If I can expand on that a bit, because 
you're not conditioned, nor were I, was I, to find your own unique gifts and genius. You're conditioned by our traditional school system and by society at large basically to read, remember, and repeat, and then you're conditioned to follow the market and the money. And that's why I believe we, have, we don't so much have an economic crisis or an energy crisis as much as we have a crisis of meaning in our world. I mean, there's a lot of people, in fact, Gallup tells us is almost 75% of the people surveyed are unhappy, miserable, and disengaged in their daily work. And I, I really think that's sad, and I'm here to hopefully impact that in a positive way. So that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you, because just as a layperson, I don't really deal with this all the time, uh, but I noticed that there's a tremendous amount of people of all ages who are unhappy. And I'm curious to you th to see if you think that's something that is just in our time, a modern thing, or this was always, or just people always unhappy, and why? Well, I, I think it's a great question, it's a profound question, and it's a complicated answer. Um, I've already addressed it to some degree, is that, that I really believe we've lost our way in society and we've lost the prime objective. The prime objective for life is to be fulfilled. You know, and I, I work with a lot of CEOs and executives and really ultimate performing individuals. I've, I've shared the stage with billionaires. I've been really blessed. And I can promise you that money is not the answer to happiness. Now, there's nothing wrong with money, but we tend to think that money and materialism is going to bring happiness and fulfillment, and that money is wealth. Well, if money was wealth, when I hit my tsunami back in 2009, I would have been, I would have been done, because everything in my life, as you know, went away in the blink of an eye. And, and so what really sustained me and pulled me through and gave me the grit and the resilience and the resourcefulness was that power forming purpose. I knew really clearly why I was here and what I was here to do. And when you get that kind of clarity, Jack, you just you don't quit. You, you just don't. So right. that, that I want to jump into that because you they they found you guilty of I don't know what charge, but I guess negligent homicide or why don't you tell the story because i really want to know how you got through that and what's the lesson or how do you encourage other people to get through their troubling times yeah well i i hope i heard you correctly actually i can uh, i can hear other people talking too while you're talking so we're on like an open mic or something I, I but no i'm gonna do my best i, I, appreciate I it. i'm sorry um if we roll back the clock, what happened in 2009 was a tragedy, and it was my event, it was my team, it was my choice to be involved in a dangerous activity, and so I am fully responsible, and that's the price of leadership, Jack, and if you can't step up to that, then you need to stand down because I find people in this age of entrepreneurship who want to be leaders, they want to build a business, they want to have all the accoutrements and that's great. I can help them with that. But I can also promise you that leadership carries a tremendous amount of responsibility. And when something goes sideways, whether you're BP Oil or Enron or my former company, James Ray International, there's only one person in the crosshairs. And, and that's the CEO. That's the person at the top. 
And that's the price of leadership. And so I take full responsibility for that. There were things that were missed and things that were overlooked, and God knows I wish they hadn't have been. Uh, but the reality is that something went incredibly wrong. Unfortunately, the state of Arizona didn't do very much due diligence in their research. My my doctor from Harvard went through 4,000 pages of medical evidence and said it was toxicity, pesticides actually, that caused the the deaths of three people. And, and that was tragic. I, I mean, I cared about those people. I had, you know, invested uh, five days of my life and their life deep diving into a lot of their intimate difficulties and challenges. And, and ironically enough, Jack, the entire week was about taking difficulties that that life has thrown at us and turning them into gifts, turning turning apparent trash into treasure, if you will. And so, you know, it broke my heart and that and that would have been more than enough, but it didn't end there. You know, I subsequently um, was charged initially with manslaughter, which is intentional harm, which is kind of ludicrous. Really, because I don't think there's a business owner listening to your show today who would intentionally harm his clients. I mean, that's not a, a, a way to run a business or grow a business. But nonetheless, they came after me for that. And I subsequently lost, you know, the Inc. 500 company that it took me 20 years to build. I lost my life savings. I lost my home. I actually ended up being homeless. I went from from literally from Beverly Hills to homeless in the blink of an eye, uh, life savings gone, you know, reputation gone, all my so-called friends and colleagues dried up and blew away like mist in the sun. And I eventually lost my my liberty. Right. And I was acquitted. Obviously, the the jury thought that manslaughter was ludicrous as well. And and they said, no, there's no intention here. But what was the lesser included in that was negligence, meaning there was something that was missed, something that was overlooked, not intentionally. And I, I own that. Right. And I have to live with that for the rest of my days. How, how many, it, I'm sorry. It's a burden to bear. How, how many times had you had a sweat lodge type um, retreat prior to the, the catastrophic one that occurred in 09? Well, I have personally been in countless sweat lodges. This was my fifth year of, of doing a sweat lodge, uh, and sweat lodges are dangerous. I, I think they're powerful, you know, and, and what I used to do a lot of, Jack, was experiential um, learning because there's a transference when, when, when an individual can go through a difficult situation and come out and realize what they're capable of, then there's a transference and they begin to ask themselves, hey, where else in my, li- my life am I selling myself short and where else in my life? And, and a good facilitator will be able to say, okay, let's apply this to your business. Let's apply this to your life. Where else do you face these kinds of challenges and difficulties and you're backing down instead of breaking through? And so I used to do a lot of these experiential activities for that very reason and i i did them all i did firewalks i did rebar bends and arrow breaks and and ropes courses and glass walking and and the whole bit and as i sit here today i have no intention of doing those again not because i have any restrictions on me i don't 
not because I don't think there's no value there. I do believe there's value there, but but for me, the opportunity cost is just too high. And so I, I don't have any intention of doing those again, but if someone were to say to me, do you believe in sweat lodges and should I do one? I'd say, hey, yeah, I think they're powerful. Go do one with someone else. Right. So, so you think uh, pushing yourself to the physical limits it really helps transform someone? I, I'm sorry. I didn't get all of that. The physical – I'm sorry? Do you think pushing someone to their physical limits transforms someone and helps them get over whatever fear or become a better leader? I, I really do because we're constantly, particularly in today's massively disruptive market, Jack, we're constantly having to push our own boundaries. You know, one of the, the fundamentals of leadership and keys to thriving, well, I should say surviving, much less thriving as we move forward is to reinvent ourselves. And, you know, it's really difficult to reinvent ourselves in our 30s, much less in our 50s. And, and you know this as well as I do. And, and so, but that's what we've got to do. I mean, Forbes is telling us that 50% of the payroll jobs are going to be gone in the next 10 years or less. Now, even if they're a bit aggressive, let's say, let's say, you know, it's, it's, it's not 50%, but it's, but it's 30%. That's still a lot of people in their 40s and 50s who are going to be displaced. And we've got to learn how to adapt. We've got to learn how to reinvent ourselves. We've got to learn how to define success. And that takes pushing mental boundaries. And so for me now, what I'm devoting my career and my life to is to move. I'm moving away from the, the pushing the physical boundaries. I'll do that for myself. I mean, I go uh, as soon as we get done with this interview. I go to cryotherapy every single day almost, and and get in minus 250 degrees so, in a pair of shorts for three minutes so because it puts puts my body into crisis mode, li which is healthy. Listen right. to me. You know, I I've we've. I've, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you. I told you, and I think most people know, I've had to reinvent myself in my mid-50s, and it was a disaster. Thank God I didn't go to prison, but it was just a, 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 a disaster. You just could cry if I would tell you my story. But I have to tell you, I don't exert myself physically. I think I, I, you're crazy for going to this cryotherapy. <laughs> Sit and watch reality TV. Do, do something like I do. Play checkers, chess. Talk to people. Forget the physical bounds. Forget that. So, so you're a so you're a coach, oh, a, a couch warrior. Yeah, See, uh, I, I'm a he, real warrior. Uh, you're yeah, a couch uh, warrior. But that's all right. Jack. You, you yeah, just some, nailed Somebody's got to be a couch warrior. A hundred percent. Forget it. I'm not exer exerting myself physically. Is literally uh, is walking from my bedroom to my the men's room. That's it. But let me. Well, let Jack, 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 and I wanted to know along those lines when you when you were in prison. Did you spend any of the time in prison doing what you do and trying to tap into the other prisoners and, and help them, motivate them, get them through these tough times and figure out how to get to the other side? Was that was that part of your stay? Well, I, I did. I, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And, and let me give you a little story behind that, because I went into prison as a man on a mission. First of all, I was scared shitless. Can I say that on your show? Yeah, yes. I, I hope yeah. I can. Say it again. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. So I was scared shitless, literally, because I didn't know if I was going to be raped or 
or beaten or stabbed. I, I didn't know anything other than what I saw on HBO about prison, and it wasn't pretty. And so I was really frightened. So I, I thought, you know, I spent the first 30 days in solitary confinement on, right next to death row, believe it or not. Um, and, you know, be, because they thought I was so dangerous, I guess, I, I don't know, I was going to whip a sweat lodge out of my back pocket. And of course, you know, I'm being sarcastic, but nonetheless, um, I think I found out in retrospect, what they were really trying to do was protect me because I was a public figure. They really, the last thing they wanted was for James Arthur Ray to be killed in prison. And so I was in solitary confinement for 30 days. And then I ended up going to, to minimum security and I was a man on a mission. I thought, okay, well, this is what I do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help. And what I soon realized is that the vast majority of the men that I spoke to and interacted with were so drunk on their own wine that when you offered them finer wine, they weren't interested. If you follow the metaphor, and so that was a real downer at first because what I realized eventually was that I was trying to to stuff and deny and escape my own pain by trying to fix somebody else's and what when that blew up in my face I had to basically sit with my own shit if you will and that was salvation for me I mean there there is this is not going to be popular but I'll tell you two things that I've learned. There's salvation in suffering, and pain is the mother of all growth. Now, again, that's not popular, but it's true nonetheless, because suffering pulls away the bullshit, if you will, and gets you to the core of what's, who you really are and what's really important to you. And I had to peel away a lot of hubris and a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and a lot of why me and a lot of pity party. I went through it all, you know, because I my lawyers all told me, hey, this is a civil suit at best. And by the way, guys, you know, if you do your diligence, which my legal team did, there have been numerous deaths in sweat lodges prior to my accident, my tragedy, and not one of them had ever been prosecuted as a crime and, and haven't since mine either. So my case made case law. And so I was angry. I was really angry at the system. I was angry at the government. I was angry at God. And I had to get over it because I realized it was my own self-importance that I had to cut through and the suffering helped me cut through that and get to the core and get back to my heart and when I was having this conversation with God or my higher self or call it whatever you will, and I was saying, why me? The, the question came back, why not you? Right. Are you? You know, I mean, what makes you so special? You know, just because you try to do good, does that mean you're supposed to be protected? You're supposed to be rewarded? I mean, a lot of spiritual traditions tell us we get rewarded if we're good people. But the reward comes from doing the deed, not from some far-off protection or, or 
cloud on a condo without being too disrespectful if you follow. I got it. Do you think you're a better, I'll use the word, self-help expert now or before this incident? In other words, is going through hell helped you help other people? I I think I'm a better man. I'm a better human being, Jack. You know, I, I look back, and there's a lot of hubris that potentially comes from the industry I was involved in. And, and, you know, hubris is not all bad. I mean, you can't run for president without some degree of hubris. You can't write a book. You can't, you know, run a company. You can't do anything without some degree of, of confidence and maybe even hubris. But run amok, it's dysfunctional. And in retrospect, it's really, I noticed it was really easy for me. I've worked with over a million people now. I've been blessed, you know, from 145 different countries around the world. And they're all coming and saying, how do I build a better business? How do I build a better relationship? How do I make more money? How do I have a better life? And it's really easy if you're not careful and constantly on guard to get caught up in thinking, you know, I'm the bomb. And I got it kind of figured out and I've done all, and I've never had an easy life, Jack. I mean, it took me uh, 20 years to become an overnight success. You know, I was, I was always an underdog and I was just about ready to throw in the towel before the secret broke in 2006. But, and thank God I didn't. And then I almost threw in the towel after this, after this tragedy and this whole meltdown and tsunami I went through and thank God I didn't. But long answer to your question, I'm a better man. I'm a better human being. Does that make me a better coach, consultant, teacher? I would think so, yes, because let me give you a metaphor. Your arm is not long enough from the top of the mountain to help people in the valley. <laughs> you, you know, I when you're on the top of the mountain, you're like up there going, oh, come on up, Jack. The, the, the air is pure and the view is beautiful and it's crisp and clean. And, 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 you know, the guy in the valley is going, I can't do it. You know, they're foreclosing on my home and I'm getting a divorce and I'm, and I'm sick. And, oh, yes, you can. Come on up. Come on up. You can do it. You, you, your arm's not long enough. What you've got to do is get down in the valley and just pure physics you can you have more leverage and more power by lifting something up from under it than you do pulling it from above right. if you follow that sure now there were two seminal moments that that the documentary enlighten us which i recommend all our our viewers and listeners watch by the way it's great um there were two seminal moments in your life that they focused on one was what we already s- spoke about which was you're getting sentenced to prison the other was you, you just mentioned um you know, the publishing of the book, The Secret, which blew up and Oprah had a show and she invited, you know, a few top uh, motivational speakers or inspirational guys or whatever you want to be called or term yourself onto her show. You were one of four or five that were on the show and that catapulted you into superstardom. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about that and sort of how you got involved, got that phone call got into the mix? Do you keep in touch with any of those people that were on that show and, and everything that sort of ensued from there? Um, okay, let me, that, that, there's several questions embedded there. So am I in touch with people on that show? No. Um, did I hear from any of them during the whole meltdown? No. 
I, I wish I could tell you different, but um, unfortunately, you know, my one of my I've had six major mentors in my life and coaches and mentors, and I and I believe without exception, there's no there's no argument on this whatsoever. You have to have a mentor or a coach because you can't take a far enough um, step back from your own nonsense to see your own nonsense. And my latest mentor is a Zen master. And he said to me during the whole meltdown, James, we always hope that our friends will be there for us when things go sideways. They won't. And <laughs> that sounds cynical, and yet it's pretty true. And, and Jack, I don't know if you have that same experience or not. Now, there were a few people that were there for me, but not very many. You, you learn who your real friends are during the tsunami. And so how did all that come about? Well, back up, I was a, an inaugural member, a founding member of a group that was called the Transformational Transformational Leaders, TLC. Um, and almost everybody, well, in fact, everybody who was in The Secret was in TLC. And I was a founding member of TLC. And Ron DeBurn, who was a reality show producer at the time from Australia, had gone through some tough times herself. And she decided to put together this movie and talk about how she turned her life around using the law of attraction, obviously. And so she went off on a search to find people. She read a book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles, which was written all the way back in early 1900s. And that's what the whole thing was kicked off by. And then she looked for modern day teachers who were teaching some semblance of those kind of concepts. And she came to TLC and and told us about her concept and her vision and asked us if we would contribute. And of course we did. And so we, we signed waiver. We didn't, we didn't make a dime for that, for any of that. That was a labor of love. We donated our content and our time and our energy. Now on the back end, the residual, we made, you know, money obviously, but on the front end and, and from the actual book and the movie, not a dime. And, and so that really blew me into a whole new arena. And I had, you know, been in business for myself since 1992 when I left AT&T School of Business. You know, I cut my eye teeth at AT&T School of Business as a C-suite consultant and originally came out to do business consulting and then moved into um, more personal performance. And then I moved into public seminars and keynote speaking and all those kind of things. And the business kind of just continued to grow that way. And, and so, um, you know, we, we did that. And I had lived pretty much on vision sandwiches and faith cookies. <laughs> I'd had a lot of, uh, a few ups and a lot of downs and a lot of, um, entrepreneurial solitaire you ever played entrepreneurial solitaire jack constantly every 24 7 i feel like it. yeah that that's where you take all your credit cards and you throw them on the bed and try and figure out which one's got a balance left on it right <laughs> and, <laughs> and and so i was like i said i was on vision sandwiches and faith cookies and really wrestling for the better part of 20 years and and actually i was in egypt 
in the Sinai Peninsula, and it just decided uh, I was with the Bedouins there and following the path of Israelites out of Egypt from the great mythology in the Old Testament. And I, I was pretty much deciding to just throw it in and, and go something else. I mean, I have a business background and a sales background, and I thought this just isn't working. And I came back, and literally 30 days after I got back, the secret blew up. And Oprah called, Larry King called first, and then Oprah called, and it was crazy. And, and be careful what you wish for, because, and I talk to entrepreneurs about this all the time and leaders across all industries. You know, we all think we want to double our business. And, you know, Napoleon Hill said all the way back in Think and Grow Rich, there's a big difference between wishing for something and being prepared to receive it. And, and you know, when I went on Larry King the first time, our servers couldn't handle the, the volume and it crashed the servers. Then when I went on Oprah, I didn't have enough phone lines or enough team members. And so everybody was getting busy signals and we were losing all kinds of opportunity. And I had to scramble in 30 days to get a new office and hire 10 new people and put in a whole new phone system and get brand new servers in 30 days. Now, now that's a high level problem to have, but it was crisis. I didn't sleep really for about 30 days, um, getting all that up and running. And so what my encouragement is and my lesson from that for entrepreneurs today in this age is to make decisions based upon where you're going versus where you are. In other words, I should have had the phone systems bigger than I needed. If I really believed I was going there, I should have had them before it became crisis. I should have had the servers. I should have had the team members. Now, that takes a lot of guts, and it's scary as hell sometimes. And, and a lot of financial risk, too, right. with that. Right. It, it, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that's Elon Musk. I got you know, Elon Musk made $180 million coming out of PayPal, and he put every single dime into Tesla, SpaceX, and SolarCity and had to borrow money to pay rent. Right. I got it. And and now he's worth how many billion? Uh, close to it. 40, I think, or something. James, you're so focused. You're fantastic. How do people get in touch with you? And tell us what you're doing now, because I have a feeling a lot of people want to reach out and connect with you, because I think you help people. I think you touch at the core of everyone. Well, well, I, thank you. I, I really want to be a guide, you know, and I, and I think that we're in a, a time in our world where we don't need a guru. We need a guide. And the, the guru is on the top of the mountain waiting. The guide is, is there sweating and stubbing his toe and slipping and claw, clawing and climbing with you. And that's really how I see myself because I'm doing that every single day. And I'm all, you know, I'm all over social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, you know, official James Arthur Ray on Facebook. My website, jamesray.com, has everything that we have to offer. I'm really, you know, excited about our new five-day leadership experience that we're having um, four times a year here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I moved to, I moved to, moved to Vegas from, from L.A. about uh, eight months ago. Cool. You, like, so, you, you like it there? I like it here a lot. You know, I had a some investment properties and a second home here prior to the whole meltdown um, 
And I really like Henderson is really where I am. Beautiful. You know, people think Vegas, they think the strip, but if you know Henderson, it's it's a it's a really manicured, well thought out community, uh, just voted by by Forbes, I believe, as the second safest place to live in America. And and so yeah, I'm I'm really liking it a lot. So and, and you know, I don't like triple digits. I moved here last August, but it's getting to be triple digits in LA now. I so got you. I hear might you. as well have triple digits and save some money. So I know you got to go in a minute for another uh, another interview, but I have a question: Are you a taken man, or are you available? I <laughs> am taken. You're taken. I I um, right. I have been married once and have been single, and I'm not really geared up to get married again, but I am definitely taken, and, and I've got a wonderful young lady in my life. I feel incredibly gifted and blessed to yeah. have someone because, um, you know, let me tell you, I know you have another interview, but when you're on the top, Jack, you never really know, does she love me for what I can do for her and for my stuff, or does she love me for me? And yeah. and when you're when you're you know in startup and scrambling and and, and on the climb you know, got it. You know, I, real, so, real I've quick, been there. Believe me, I know. Real quick know. question yeah. before you go: um, Do you ever see the movie Magnolia? I have not. All right, you should see it. I, I want your opinion next time we speak about what you think of Tom Cruise's role in that What's movie. What's Magnolia about? I never heard of it. Magnolia is a, a P.T. Anderson movie. He did Boogie Nights. I never heard of and P. those P. type of movies. But anyway, Tom Cruise has a, has a role in that movie, that and and he does he's a motivational speaker. Uh, just just watch that movie, not homework, but if you ever have a free three hours, it's a long movie. I, I love great movies. I love movies that make me think. So right, I'll, I'll I'll definitely cue that up. Awesome, James. I really appreciate it. I can't tell you how much it meant to me. And as one I call survivor to another, my hat goes off to you because anyone who gets knocked down, gets back up relentlessly, fights through it, fights through it, fights through it every day is my hero. And you're the man. I had so much more I wanted to talk to you about. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And I can't thank you enough. And I want everyone to go watch Enlighten Us. I know it's... I, it's on Netflix, but I think it's a CNN documentary, so I guess you can catch it on both. Fascinating. It, it's on, yeah, it's on Netflix. Enlighten us: the rise and fall of James Arthur Ray. You make, yeah. my, my objective was to be as raw and real and transparent as possible. There, do, do let, make, let people see behind the curtain, which you, very few people do. No, you did great. Do you get residuals when I watched it? <laughs> do, you do, do what? Did you get residuals when I watched it? <laughs> no, no, I didn't get paid a dime for that one either. <laughs> What's so, the, okay, so next one, you got to call me. I'll represent you. We don't do anything for free. You got to start getting residuals. There you go. Okay, uh, we'll work on that. Every, hey, I, I appreciate you thinking of me. I really do, and I, and I honor you for for your grit and your resilience because I I respect highly anybody who gets back up and keeps going. I, I really really do. No huh. choice, no matter. Everyone, James, thank you very much. Google James Arthur Ray. You'll love it. Take his courses, read his book, watch Enlighten Us. Spiritual Warrior. Spiritual Warrior. Everyone else will be back in a minute after a commercial. All right.
Are you a commercial real estate investor or own investment real estate? Are you tired of dealing with banks who never seem to close or turn you down? Does your company need financing to help with cash flow or make a purchase? Gelt Financial Corporation has been in business since 1989 and knows the financing that businesses need to succeed in today's competitive environment. Gelt offers a wide array of mortgage programs, such as non-bank commercial and investment mortgages, bridge loans, and foreclosure bailout mortgages, as well as no income verification programs for commercial real estate purchase and refinance financing. When your bank says no, we say yes. Call us right now at 561-221-0900. Gelt Financial understands that every unique situation is unique, which requires a unique solution. We pride ourselves on thinking outside the box to secure even the most difficult financing. Call us right now at 561-221-0900 or visit us at geltfinancial.com. That's G-E-L-T financial.com. Did you own commercial or investment? Did you own commercial or investment real estate that has liquidity in it that you can't touch? Do you want and need liquidity? There is finally an answer. Quick Liquidity is a direct real estate private equity company that can provide preferred equity, mezzanine financing, or second mortgages on commercial and investment properties across the country. Deal directly with the decision makers by calling 561-221-0881 or visit us at quickliquidity.com. That's quickliquidity.com. Hello, everyone. This is Jack Miller with Todd Cohen again. Todd, what did you think of James? Fascinating. Fascinating. I, I mean, honestly, uh, he, he makes me want to be a better Todd Cohen, and I'm ready. I'm ready you. to tackle the world right now. I think the lesson with James, at least to me, is we all go, th go through our own unique struggles, um, whether it be physically or emotionally or, you know, and it's hard sometimes to get through them, but... Really, we're left with no choice. We have to get through them. But we all get something, and we have to get through it. It's how we get back up when we get kicked down. I, I hear you. There's so many questions I wanted to ask him. Literally, I'm looking at this list. I made a list of like 30 things. I didn't get to ask him. I mean, we can have him back another two or three shows. I don't even know if we can cover it all. There's, there's a lot there. He has a real story of getting knocked down and getting back up. It's sort of like the metaphorical phoenix rising from the ashes kind of kind of story. And, you know, all of us, I'm sure anyone could dig deep and, and think about a time in their life where they were kicked in the teeth for one reason or another. It doesn't have to be a complete, you know, loss of your livelihood, going to prison kind of moment. But, you know, there are so many people out there whose relationships crumble, who lose someone close to them, whose business fails, who get fired from a job, Whatever it is, you know, I mean, to come back from all kinds of, uh, you know, adversity in life, that's really what it's all about and having the strength to do it. I think when you, I think most people are actually stronger than they think they are. And only when they're tested do they realize how strong they are. But uh, unfortunately, some people aren't. And, and some people... Um, buckle under the pressure. Buckle yeah. under the adversity. I hear you. Trust me. V very hard. V very hard. We only have a few minutes left, but let me ask. Can I can I ask Please. you a, qu a question? Because this happens to me all the time. You go on Facebook, and it's someone's anniversary. What do you okay. suppose? Okay. So they they write. Oh, 
uh, I'm married 30 years today or whatever, 20 I years. I barely, today. as I demonstrated a couple weeks ago, you, I barely you don't even know. know yeah. I barely know my own anniversary. But, what so you, but when someone I, says, oh, I'm married 20 years or five years or a day, what are you supposed to say? I always think it's silly to say congratulations. Like, oh, I didn't expect you right. to stay married. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what everyone posts. Congratulations. congratulations. I think, I think there's it, sort of like years. an inside joke there that people are making when they say congratulations. Like, like what wink, are you wink. What are you supposed like, to say? Oh, you oh, made it. You to made you, it. To your 10th year. Good I didn't for expect you. you to make it. Right. So right. what's what's the proper thing when you when you some oh i'm so happy for you both or you couldn't have found a better person i guess or you know like i love hanging out with you guys you're you're real role models what i don't you, know what I, it, I mean i was thinking of, like i want to write shocking shocking <laughs> there you <laughs> go you take, take so, everyone down a notch i think that's the way to do it oh we're married seven years uh, shocking we <laughs> never thought you would make it to six that's exactly there what you I wanted, go w- w- i can't believe you this is a bonus year as far as we're all concerned that's what i was thinking <laughs> of so let me ask you another question okay yeah o- on the same line you know my my little craziness okay most women use makeup Okay. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I don't want to get in tr- with trouble with any women. But is it kind of a little deceptive, you know, when women put themselves, they make themselves up? No. You don't think it's deceptive advertising? Not really. I, I, I think if they feel good, it helps everything. So they do it for themselves and for other women. From what I know and what I understand about females, women don't dress for guys. Women don't put makeup on for guys. Uh, you believe they, that? They, they do it for themselves BS. and for other women. Oh, I can't believe it. I believe it 100%. You're drinking the cooler. Ask. ask I, I there's think, no way. Remember think, how Family Feud had the lightning round at the end, and they said, we randomly polled 100 people yeah, at the local fam- shopping mall I, or whatever. I love Family Top Feud. Top six answers on the yes, boards. I, I guarantee fam- you, if we took that random sampling of 100 girls, cross cr- a cross sampling of the country, you know, urban, rural, whatever. If they were under a polygraph test while they answered, I bet you they would answer that so way. So you think, oh, they don't get dressed for guys. They don't put makeup on for guys. They don't wear high heels, which they look like they're, they're in agony because of guys. Other women. Other women. Yep. And, and not in a gay way. I, I mean that as a, as a heterosexual, I look good and I know these other women are judging me kind of way. But not for guys. I think you're crazy. I mean, I think maybe for guys, but lesser so. Lesser so. Yeah. So like 60-40 lesser? I think it's like 99-1. Okay. 99 for guys. Well, so far on this show, you've demonstrated how much you know about women. So I I can, you know. I I know nothing about women. Neither do I. That's for sure. But you know what? I'm happily married, and sometimes the the least I know, the lesser I know, the better it is. There you go. My wife tells me I'm happy, so I'm happy. This is how our country runs. Two guys talking about what women do and think. That's that's, exactly That's how the Supreme Court works. It's how the laws work. I mean, you know. I know. Anyway, we had a great show. I am so thankful for James Arthur Ray. Next week we have another. We have so many super shows lined up. It's unbelievable. And I think our intern is finally, I think she's actually driving down here now. Hopefully she'll be in the studio next week and help us out a little bit. So I, I look forward to that. We uh, need all the help we can get. What's coming up? Labor Day or Memorial Day? I always get Memorial Day is in so May. It I, starts with an M. That's how you remember. Okay. I want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day. We'll see everyone next week. Thank you. Tune in to us. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Jack Miller Down to Business on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the nonsense you can follow us on. We have nothing to say but follow us. Thank you, and have a great week. Todd, you're the man. Let's fist bump it out again. Another hump day in the books. Thank you, everyone. Take care.
The opinions expressed on the preceding sponsored program were strictly those of its hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of the station, its staff, management, or sponsors. When the earth was created, the 